When I was a kid, my absolute favorite piece of art was this giant hand-blown glass sun that hung in the lobby between the Minneapolis Institute of Arts and the Children's Theater. And as I looked at it as a kid, I couldn't help but wonder how many hours it had taken to create it and how it was made and how intricately and delicately it had to be formed. And when I was a kid, I also used to have kind of a weird thought about it. I used to think about how wild it would be if it ever fell to the ground the amount of damage that could have been done, how sad it would be to all the people who had admired it and the people who had made it. It was beautiful and it was fragile, but we're in our final week of our series on acts beyond good intentions. And over the past six weeks, we've looked at some of what made the early church so attractive and so special. These Holy Spirit laden ways that they interacted with God and with the world that set them apart and made people want to join in. And today, we're talking about what it means to be a community just like the early church. What it means to be a community that makes a covenant, which is a deep commitment with each other, that truly transforms our lives, the church, and the world. A commitment to stay in love with each other in the good moments and in the really hard ones. And just like that piece of art in the Minneapolis Institute of Arts, the covenant community that we're invited to experience, it is both beautiful it's incredibly fragile. Covenant community is beautiful. You see, anyone who's been around people who have committed to stay and grow with each other, whether it's a marriage or a friendship or a lifelong group, they can testify that there's something beautifully attractive about it. It makes you believe that there's a better way of living, that one can truly be iron sharpens iron with each other, a, a, an experience that can fill the happiest moments with increased joy and the saddest moments with compassion, a place of understanding and of belonging. It's the type of community that we long for so much and yet we see so little. We see it so little, of course, because covenant community is also fragile. If we haven't experienced it for ourselves, all of us know people who have been deeply hurt by the very people who promised to never hurt them, who have had to undo years of church wounds, who have been left impacted by broken marriages, who have had friendships dissolve or lost what they thought were going to be lifelong trustworthy groups. We know that the fragility, it causes splinters when it breaks when we have to grapple with learning how to recover and heal from a place that we thought was going to be our place of recovery and healing, when we have to find a new community to replace a community that we never thought we were going to have to leave. And we know that it's very fragility. It can cut so deeply at the beauty that covenant community is meant to bring. We are each made for covenant community. We're designed to speak out places where we can both be vulnerable and risky, where we can grow and teach, where we can be fully known and yet still be fully loved. And for some of us, those very ideas, it feels so scary, doesn't it? Either because we've been hurt by covenant community in the past and we understandably, we wanna guard ourselves or because we see community like that so rarely that we just don't believe that living well in a community like that could ever be possible. The early church was a covenant community. The early church went beyond just being people who greeted one another once a week to being a place where lives were shared. They went beyond gathering together for a single message to being a place where the gospel was preached 
daily, especially to people who had forgotten its goodness. They went beyond just knowing each other's names to sharing lives and sharing stories. And they went beyond just sharing a part of their lives to being a community where each person, each person was fully known and fully loved, flaws and all, and were invited to take the next step on their journey. You see, Acts 2 verses 42 through 47 is perhaps one of the most well-known verses about this covenant community. And if you'll turn with me to it, we see this, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and they had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see this language that's being used to describe this early covenant community, it is so beautiful. They're devoted, they're filled with awe, they're together, they're glad, they're generous, they're full of favor. And because of all of that, the community around them is noticing. They're noticing that the family of God is authentic. Far be it from this covenant community being a place where people can hide or perform, this covenant community leaves no room for people who desire to deceive or put on airs. Instead, this community knows one another. They devote themselves to gathering together and fully practicing the word of God that they love so much. They believe that God is active and he's living and he's moving and he's breathing through his spirit in the world today and that he's invited them to be a part of the action. When they gather together, you can bet that there is both laughter and I'm sure difficult conversations and maybe even tears. There's room in this covenant community for gladness and celebration. There's space at the table for people to be able to ask the question, what did you see God do today? This isn't a place for the faint of heart, but it, it also isn't exclusive. Everyone is invited to be a part of this place that's learning as they go. It's growing together. It's being led by someone bigger than all of them. The family of God is also attentive. We're told that they ate together, that they shared all things in common, that they sold what they had and they gave to those in need, not afraid to share what was most precious among them. They paid attention to the people who showed up at the table and hadn't had a meal in days. They knew who needed help with laundry or watching kids or just needed somebody to listen. They weren't afraid to do the messy work of serving people whose lives weren't fully put together yet. And they held loosely to what was theirs so that they could respond to emergencies both large and small. They shared both their lives and what they owned. So it's no wonder why the family of God is awe-inspiring. 
It's no wonder why this strange community where you're invited to come as you are and leave equipped to follow Jesus and to be more closely to who God designed you to be attracted people to it. It's no wonder why a community that wasn't afraid to do the messy work of loving people in their midst added to their numbers daily. It's no wonder why a community that didn't let a single person among them be in need had people desiring to experience what it would be like to be a part of community where they were cared for so deeply as a person made in the image of God and beloved by him and by all the people around them. You see, we long for covenant community, don't we? We long for a community that promises to stay even when it's messy. We long for a place where we are more than a number, but we're a person. We long for a community that's responsive when we're in need. We long for a community that sees us as beloved and made in the image of a good God, even when we can't see it ourselves. And if we're honest, we long for a community that wants to see us be who God made us to be and they will help us cross bridges to get there. But developing this kind of community, it's risky. It's hard because participation in the family of God, it invites us to radically reorient our lives. This same radical reorientation that we see in Acts 2 of gathering together and being willing to go as, as far as holding all material possessions sort of loosely, it's repeated again in Acts 4. So this is something that the early church was known for. In Acts 4 verses 32 through 37, we learn this. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him were his own but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. For as as many were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus Joseph, who's also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. A Levite, a native of Cyprus, he sold a field that belonged to him and he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. You see, in this new church, we see three important orientations. First, this church was reoriented to genuine boldness. So much of what the early church did, it seems entirely radical to us. Their life together, it was ordered around gathering to worship. They gave freely. They preached and they proclaimed the gospel of Jesus in dangerous situations. They prioritized serving their community. They welcomed people who had once hurt them. And their boldness was a marker of this young church. Their desire to work with the Holy Spirit to see the power of Christ spread was central to their waking days and it impacted everything they did. Secondly, this church was reoriented to generous giving. Giving was at the core of this young church's heart. They gave gladly, they served one another in the process and giving poured from who they were and who they had been called to be as people who had been given so much, they saw everything they owned as an opportunity to love and serve one another. Finally, 
this church was reoriented to great grace. You see, because they knew the gospel of Jesus and they knew its goodness and its power, they continually reminded each other of how crucial and how critical it was to remember the resurrection. And in doing so, they reminded one another of the power of the cross to cancel sin, to reconcile people, and to transform lives. The great grace of Jesus was one of the most interesting things to them and about them. And they dedicated themselves daily to understanding it, but more importantly, to sharing it, to sharing the good news that Jesus was resurrected and that that changes every relationship. But we also see throughout Acts that this way of living is for everyone, but it's not chosen by everyone. In fact, in just the next chapter after this, we're told about a couple that just wasn't prepared for this radical reorientation around authenticity and generosity that this community had. But in doing so, they also missed out on its beauty. They missed out on the opportunity to be a part of a community that loved one another enough to walk with one another through difficult decisions, to fight the desire to hide, these stories and acts reminds us that covenant community is a choice. There's a reason why we ask our members to renew every year, because every year we want you to make this commitment again, this commitment to be all in, to be all in on discovering a more transformational walk with God, to be all in on connecting with others in more meaningful ways, to be all in on serving our Christian brothers and sisters as Christ modeled and taught to be all in on reaching out in Jesus's name to those that are lost and hurting, and to be all in on giving as God intended. If you're a member here at ECC and you haven't had a chance to renew yet, I would invite you to go to emmanuel.church membership and to prayerfully consider going all in on renewal. And if you're new to ECC and you want to explore this all in community, you wanna hear more of our story to find out more about our denomination and leadership, to ask questions about where we've been and where we're going. You can go to emmanuel.church membership and register to find out more about membership at ECC through Explore Membership, which is happening over Zoom tomorrow night. You see, that's not a commitment to become a member, but it's an invitation to take the next step in learning more. I'm a person who deeply desires to bring authenticity and vulnerability to my relationships. So every year I reread this book by an author named Donald Miller called Scary Close. And it's a book all about cultivating really real relationships around us. This time around, I was struck by this story that Donald tells. It's a story about a doctor who was hired to change the outcomes for patients who struggle to see the purpose behind life. And Donald writes this, he says his prescription to experience a deep sense of meaning then was remarkably pragmatic. He had three recommendations. One, have a project to work on, some reason to get out of bed in the morning, and preferably something that serves other people. Two, have a redemptive perspective on life's challenges. That is, when something difficult happens, recognize the ways that that difficulty can also serve you. Three, share your life with a person or people who love you unconditionally. 
Frankel called this treatment logotherapy or a therapy of meaning and surprisingly it worked. He was put in charge of the mental health division of the Viennese hospital system because they had lost far too many patients to suicide. And when Frankel came aboard, he had more than 30,000 suicidal patients under his care. The challenge was phenomenal. Frankel created community groups for the patients and he taught counselors to identify projects the patients could contribute to, serious work the world needed that would give them a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Frankel also had the patients circle the difficult experience they had. And while allowing them to grieve, he also asked them to list the benefits that had come from their pain. The result of the program was transformational. Not one patient committed suicide on Frankel's watch. A project to work on. A redemptive perspective. Sharing your life with people who love you unconditionally. There's one place where we're invited over and over again to have these three elements become a deep part of our life, the body of Christ. We're invited day after day after day to work to bring the kingdom of God on earth in our daily interactions with one another and with this world. We're invited to have the perspective that at the end of all things, redemption is coming and in fact, it is already breaking through. And we're invited to love one another unconditionally, deeply, and purposefully. The covenant community that was experienced in the early church in Acts, it is the same covenant community that we are invited to experience today. And so I would invite you to experience it with me, to walk into this journey together, to commit to the same markers that we see all throughout Acts in this covenant community that not only transformed the lives of people in their midst, but was so attractive that a broken world around it couldn't help but take notice and want to be a part. And so I wanna invite you to close out this series with me by singing a, a song about this Holy Spirit breathed church that we are invited to be a part of. Let me pray and then we'll worship. God, thank you that you are a God of covenant community. Thank you that you initiated a covenant with us, God, that you've promised to love us unconditionally, God, that, that you've promised as far as to go to the cross, to sacrifice yourself for our sins, so that we can experience a real relationship with you. God, thank you that you walk with us in hard moments and exciting ones, and that you are with us in the highs and the lows of every single day. God, help us to be a community like that for one another a community that gives generously, a community that cares deeply, and a community that shows up authentically and boldly for each other. God, our world is in need of a community like that. Help us to be it. In your name we pray, amen.